What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Jay Millie. Thank you so much for coming back to Millie Talks. I'm your host. Thanks for coming over, stopping by, tuning your dial, setting your phone, whatever it is that you kids are doing these days. Thank you so much for doing it with me. I appreciate y'all taking your time out of your busy, busy day, even if you're not busy. Just thank you for taking time, your time, and sharing it with me. You know, I appreciate all of my listeners. Yes, your girl got listeners. Dog. I'm hype. I'm really, really hype about that. Episode one went well, apparently. So here we are with episode two. So grab a snack, a beverage of choice, kick up, get comfy, and let's talk. This is Millie Talks. So in the interest of keeping my dedicated listeners interested, <laughs> listeners, interested and coming back for more I'm going to introduce some type of format and organization into this podcast okay you know I talked to Mr. Brown you know who does the 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 basement on Fridays as well as you know Super Soul Sundays you know so we came up with some type of outline and you know in in this first step in adulting you know and trying to embrace it you know, remember I use my, my living single reference. I'm going to be that lady on the windmill. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm going to live that life. All right. Um, I We decided to come up with some type of outline and I'm going to try to stick to it. Do not quote me. I'm not making any promises, but I'm going to try. Okay. Give it the good old college try. I wonder why they call it college try. Makes me wonder because if you in college... And you paying for it, you better be doing a lot more than trying. You better be Nike. Just do it. Anywho, so, like I said, in the first step in this direction of adulting, okay, and if you did not hear my first episode entitled, Grown Up Teenagers, Am I Missing Something? Or you should. And if you have, listen again. Just to, you know, refresh. Just to refresh. It's okay. But anywho, here we go. So, with Millie's thoughts, okay, yes, this is Millie's talks, but you know, we're doing Millie's thoughts right now. Where is ketchup? The condiment ketchup, where is that supposed to go? Is that the fridge after it's been opened? Or is it the counter after it's been opened? Now, we're not talking pre opening, we're talking once you unscrew that top. Pop that little white tab where you see the silver on it and screw that top back on. Where does it go next? The fridge or the counter? I think this is an age old question. Mr. Brown gave me this suggestion as a question. And, you know, I I feel it's one that maybe has plagued him, you know, and maybe it's plagued you and your households. Where do you put the ketchup? I am letting you know right now. I put it in the in the refrigerator. Most condiments go in the refrigerator for me. Now, there are certain things that have to go, like your mayo, your jelly, all the stuff that will go bad and is gross. That has to go. That has to go in the fridge. Stop playing. However, I am personally afraid of mold. It scares the shit out of me. Mold, freezer burn, all that stuff. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, 
if somebody came at me with moldy cheese and I had my children, like, I'm not saying I was going to leave one of them, but there's no guarantee that both of them was going to be with me, you know, because it, it, it freaks me out. It freaks me out. Like, that's the same level as rats, Lord Voldemort, a gun, the it clown, you know, it's, it's just a, preg- a positive pregnancy test. You know, it scares the living shit out of me. So everything goes in the refrigerator, peanut butter, ketchup, mustard, potato chips, Cheetos. Doesn't matter if it's open, it's going in the fridge. That's just, that's, that's just how I roll. You know, it might be cold as hell. You might crack a tooth, but it's fresh. There's no denying it's fresh. Just, you know, make sure you get it to the dentist. Do what you got to do. Okay. Now, in other news, for my avid sports fans, and maybe those who just aren't sports fans, I should say in pandemic news. Nope, we can't escape it. We can't escape it. It's here with you too. In pandemic news, I see the NBA is trying to come back, you know, and, and players are in a bubble. Like, in a bubble. From a purely civilian perspective, I really want to know, do athletes really want to come back? Like, do y'all really want to come back? You know what's happening. You know in pre-pandemic life, your season is over. Y'all are done right now, right? So, essentially, what's happening is you have to go to work during your normal vacation time. Do you really want to do that now? What I will admit to not knowing. I don't know if their paychecks have stopped because they're not playing. Is their contract, you know, continuing? Because I know when I was under contract with my job in the school district, my paychecks kept coming, you know, until the the year ended. So, and everybody knows teachers don't get paid in the summer. And no, we do not qualify for unemployment. Just to squash that myth that ain't happening sorry friend but athletes do you really want to come back you know any any of my NBA listeners out there I'm speaking it into existence okay if you believe you can achieve (laughs) but do y'all really want to come back you know my thing is I understand the need for normalcy I understand the need for People having some little bit of what life was like before the face masks, you know, but to what cost, truly to what cost, whose responsibility is it to ensure that the country returns to normalcy, especially when nobody's exempt from the virus? Nobody. It's not like if you're in this tax bracket, you're good. If you're this height, you're good. If you're this way, there's no, no one is exempt. So with that being said, with that knowledge being weighed and understood, are we really in a rush to bring athletics back? And those athletes, are you really in a rush to put yourself and others in jeopardy? Because it's not just you. Because most of these athletes, if they don't have kids, they have families, they have moms and dads. Somebody was a parental guardian. Somebody raised you. You kick it with somebody. You mean something to somebody. So 
I just, I don't know. I understand that athletes get paid a lot of money, a whole lot of zeros, a whole lot of zeros. So, you know, I, if I was getting paid a whole lot of zeros, there were certain things I just, all right, well, those commas in my paycheck make, make me say nothing. <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is, truly. However, comma, at what cost is your life? You know, just, it's, does your contract have a sell your soul clause? You know, does your contract have a, just in case you die, your family's going to be good forever, ever, 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 ever clause? Because if not, and again, I am purely a civilian, did not do a whole bunch of deep dive digging research, but just from what I over, overheard on Skip and Shannon, and what I overheard on, you know, get up on different shows on ESPN while washing dishes or, you know, putting away whatever. It just, it doesn't really make sense. It really just doesn't make sense. And I love sports. I love watching what one can make the, the, the mind can make the body do. Like what you can will yourself to do what you can physically train yourself to do. Watching athletics and at any level, I mean, now, if we talking like peewee t-ball, I will say that is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. If you are having a bad day, like every, it just rained on your parade, you need to find, you need to YouTube or go to your kid's t-ball game or a little person around you that you know, don't just don't be no stranger rolling up to no t-ball game because the cops will get called on you and rightfully so. But I'm telling you, watching little kids play t-ball will brighten up any dark day, any dark day. It is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen because you want to talk about zero fucks being given excuse the language these kids don't care i've seen kids use their their gloves to dig holes to china i've seen kids plant flowers one little girl had a beautiful garden going you know in the at second base it was it was lovely she literally was taking the daffodils from other places and putting them you know by second base and was serious she did not want her garden disturbed you know to the point where there was no securing of second. There was no basing of second base. You know, if, if that is a term, it was a free for all. Just don't step on her flowers. So, you know, athletics, getting back to the point, it's like, it's, it's watch. It's like poetry in motion. It is truly a beautiful thing at all levels of the spectrum. However, I did, um, sidebar, I did see, um, I think boxing, it was two, it was, now let me be more specific. It was like wheel, wheelchair boxing. It was these two guys in wheelchairs and they were boxing each other. I was not a fan of that. It, it was a click, quick, click past. I was not a fan of that. I don't know what the devil that was, but I was not, that was not cool. Uh, but anyway, it's like poetry in motion. I miss the NBA. I miss sports. But to what extent are you willing to risk the lives of others and their family just to have entertainment? Now, I know they're talking about, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're going to close this, the, the arenas and things like that. That's wonderful. But there's still a certain level of exposure. And until something concrete can come about, like, 
here are the rules. We know that these rules have worked. Boom, we're in there. Until something more concrete can come about, I'm looking at you kind of sideways, NBA. You know, those players who want to play, are you playing because, like, you're, like, again, you're not getting paid? You get paid per game? Again, I don't know how it works, but it just seems, I don't know. It ain't worth it, Miss Seeley. It ain't worth it. That's just my stance on it. It also makes me think about the school year reopening. You know, I am a teacher, so... It makes me really, really think about the 2021 school year. Until, and I I will say this, I do appreciate the governor of my state, Governor Murphy, for allowing parents to make that decision, which they should be able to make, concerning their their children's lives and the lives of everyone around their children and in their household. They're allowing parents to decide how their student is going to learn for the school year. Is it going to be remote access learning or like virtual learning? Is it going to be, you know, in the classroom? Is it going to be a combination of both? He's allowing the parent to have that decision now. He has not said anything about the teachers and how they're really going to be affected other than it is strongly encouraged, which means mandated in teacher world that there is some type of face-to-face interaction, person-to-person interaction with, you know, masks, of course, and social distancing guidelines and everything else like that, all types of different protocols and procedures in place like that. However, comma, he is making an executive decision about the safety of children and their parents, which I think is amazing. It sucks that teachers are not being considered. However, because parents now have the choice of, uh-uh, and I know some friends who are like, nope, my child did fine homeschooling, that's where they're going to stay. And some parents who are like, my child needs to be back in the classroom. I have to go to work. Or, I, being truthful, I just can't take it. I, I, just, I cannot take it. And I respect that too. I respect that too, because that's real. But I think because... Parents might be more inclined to keep their child home, especially even a reduced amount of days. And you know, kids have to go to school five days a week. But if they keep their child home a reduced amount of days, now we have a reduced class size. Now, less people in the school, less chances of exposure. You know, I mean, it's just, there are certain things that that are lessened. Now, there are gonna be certain situations where it's like, well, you have a situation if, you have two different sets of kids coming to school. So set A goes to goes to school on Monday. They go, you know, back on Wednesday. But they have hung out with somebody from, from group B. And group B had this and passed it to that. Now, there, that is also a situation. But I'm thrilled that someone is standing up for the kids. Again, it would be great if somebody stood up for the teachers. But the kids are not being ignored. I am tired of the kids being ignored. It's hard to say that you're in a business for the kids. It's hard to say that you're a loving parent. It's hard to say that you are loving anything if you are not taking care of the most vulnerable people in society. 
or things in society because animals to me are included in that. You got to take care of kids. You got to make sure that the kids are good. And I appreciate the fact that it's July, close to the end of July, but July and something is being put in place because schools are starting with in the next three, three weeks, three to four weeks, my school included this time next month, I will be getting ready for school. I don't want to talk about it. My face literally and my body literally changed and morphed into this disgusting looking creature. Ugh. If you can picture Quasimodo from Notre Dame, like the Disney one, that's that's what I feel like right now. Just, ugh. I, I'm not ready to talk about that. FYI, Target, I love y'all, but y'all are really foul for putting back to school stuff up around July 4th. Can I live? Can I live? Can teachers and parents across the nation live for a second? Can we just revel in summer before you have to start reminding us of reading, writing, and arithmetic? I got it. I know how the calendar works. I know how the earth turns, okay? I know when school starts. You don't need to remind me with your 50 cent deals. Don't try to entice me, even though I am interested. Don't do that. You tried it. I don't appreciate it. Getting back to the subject at hand. I appreciate you, Big Phil, Governor Murphy, for considering the kids and their parents and what's best for them. Hopefully, teachers will be next because I work with a lot of people who are autoimmune compromised, who take care of elderly people, who are parents, who just don't want to be at risk of catching this shit. And it's frustrating that Not that nothing is being done, but it just seems that nothing is being done. So, to conclude Millie thoughts, I just, big thumbs up to my governor. I hope a lot of parents will take into consideration, and I know that they probably will, but take into consideration the health and safety factor instead of just, yes, I can go back to work. That's important, but you can't work if you sick, okay? And that quarantine takes a little while. And yeah, you may be asymptomatic, but there's a chance that you may not be or that you have to stay home to take care of somebody. But I'm not speaking that into the atmosphere. Be safe, wear your masks. Moving along. So... 19 minutes in. Thank y'all for rocking with me. We are at the meat, the tastiness, the the goodness of the show. We've gotten through the appetizers. We've gotten to the meal. We are at Millie Talks. So here's my talk today. In following with the Grown Up Teenager series, episode two is titled, Is It Me? Or do I still not know my limits? Is Are my eyes still bigger than my stomach? Question mark, question mark. I think that title is pretty snazzy. Snaps. 
to me. Sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. So check it. From childhood, okay, we're taught about self-control. What's the biggest thing you know that that adults deal with is self-control. I really, really, really wanna wanna blow my paycheck on this, you know, Louis Vuitton purse, but I got a mortgage. And oh, I forgot about those people who call me mom. They have to eat, so I should probably buy them food. You know, so self-control is a big thing. And again, from childhood, we're taught about boundaries and limits and, and listening to our bodies and respecting what our bodies are, are telling us. You know, mind, body, soul, that whole situation. Listen to your body. Listen what your body's saying right now. If you got a tummy ache, like, ooh, your body's telling you you probably got to poop. You know, if you, you know, have heartburn, ooh, your body's telling you you need to go get the tums. You know, it's, it's being in tune with everything. Now... It's no different case for for athletes or or anything else. Listening to your body, especially for athletes, is essential because that's the difference between a sore muscle and a sprain or a pulled muscle and a rupture or a torn tendon. Listening to your body uh, uh, or knowing how far you can push your mind and yourself and knowing your limits is key. It's key. For those who are exercising, you know, for, for, I'm in a, a group chat with my, with my friends at work and, you know, we just, we tr- encourage our, each other every day, you know, go out, exercise, do something, you know, and it's always, you better do it early in the day because it's hot, blah, blah, blah. That's knowing your limit. You know, if you go out during the hottest portion of the day, you should probably do something light because it's the hottest portion of the day. That's knowing your limits. You know that if you're running two miles and you feel good, like, okay, boom, I'm at mile two. Let me do two and a half miles. You know your limit, so you kicked it up. But knowing your limit is key. It's key. So with that being said, taking it out of athletics and putting it into my situation, because you know it's all about me. Call me Maya. Okay? Here's what happened. So check it. I went to, okay, let me start from the beginning. Let me start from the beginning. I have issues knowing and accepting my limits. Let me start there. I know when I have too much on my plate, but I do not recognize that I have the ability to say no. I'm good. No, I'm not going to accept any more challenges. No, I can't do this. No, I don't want to do that. I know that I need to be okay with that and understanding that I'm not superwoman. As much as I would like to have an S on my chest and be able to do everything for everybody all the time, I don't. The only thing I got on my chest is eczema. That's it. That's it. Okay, I'm just a regular, degular, schmegular chick from Jersey. Okay, just trying to make it through one step at a time and keep my man and my kids and my dog happy and my bills paid. So now let me set the scene. So recently, my life has kind of been like that book, Alexander's Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Except change it to Jane Millie's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Except my day has been like a stretch for a couple years. 
you know, just with different life changes. It's been deaths and births and deaths and births and pretty much, and now pandemic. So pretty much in that order. So it's been, it's been a little difficult to say the least. So my mental has kind of been like, uh, just a little stretch to the max. Okay. I have always had kind of issues being in crowds and being around people I'm, I don't really know, I'm not really comfortable with. So I've also always had some type of social anxiety since, you know, being a little kid. I think maybe because I was an only child, you know, and the only time I really were around kids was like school and stuff or dance and stuff. But most of the time I spent by myself or around my older relatives. So I develop a type of social anxiety. So I will have an anxiety attack or, you know, I freak out before I go to any type of event and get through, get through. And then, you know, whatever it is, I have to let the episode pass. And then, you know, I can go to that event and, you know, hopefully enjoy myself. So because I have that and I just I hate when that happens I normally am the flirt the friend to kind of just I flake I'm a flaker I'm flaky I have eczema so literally I'm flaky (laughs) I'm literally flaky so that's me my friends know that and the group of friends I have we've been friends for over 20 years they know me we've met before so they know if I tell Jeff if I tell you know Millie something you know, Monday, that we're doing something Friday, it is a strong possibility that Friday at like 3.30, if the event is planned for 6, something's going to be wrong. And I'm going to get a text like, girl, I hate to be that guy, but, or girl, you already know how I get down. I'm that person. I'm not proud of it, but I'm being honest. These are Millie talks, so I'm talking. I'm being honest. Now, my best good friend, my best good friend of over 20 years, her birthday came up. She was having this get together. Please, please come. I really want you to come. I understand if you can't, but I really want you to come. So I went because, again, my terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day was really rough this week. Like a lot of things in particular went down so I was like I deserve a break now Zach Morris pause pause time out I should have listened to my body I should have known my limits because I was not ready to go out and be social with folks that whole week I was like I don't feel good about this I just don't feel good about this Usually, if I'm really hype about something, yeah, I might have an anxiety attack the day of. But that whole week, I've planned my outfit to prevent said attack. I plan my outfit or outfits down to accessories, shoes. It's it's done. I've figured out what I'm going to do with my hair, how I'm going to style it. If I have to pack, you know conditioner or you know whatever type of hair product I use from Brown's Organics I make sure I have that together 
my makeup, what exactly am I taking like a day by day, I make a list so that the night of, I already know I'm going to have a, an anxiety attack. I already know it's coming. So now it's just a, not an if, but when. And when it knocks on my door, hi, welcome. I've been waiting. Would you like some candy? Can I get you anything? Put your feet up. Get comfortable, even though I know you're not staying. I didn't do that this time. I did not do that this time. I did not do that this time. It was not good, guys. It was not good. I was like Eeyore. I had a cloud and it rained over me all night. Like my those who are familiar with Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore, he's this, you know, those who are not, I should say, Eeyore is this sad little donkey from Winnie the Pooh. And he's just so sad. And his voice is this deep baritone. But even though he's a boy, you know... He's just, there's nothing that ever makes him happy. He's never like a rambunctious, happy little boy. He's just so sad. He's, I don't know how old Eeyore is. Maybe Eeyore isn't, you know, sad because he's an old man going through a midlife crisis and wondering why his tail keeps falling off. His tail keeps falling off. In all the years I've seen Eeyore, it's only, his tail is only kept on by a raggedy nail that you have to hammer in, literally hammer in. First off, I would be upset if somebody had to you know, hammer and nail in my ass to keep my tail up when there's things like Gorilla Glue or a needle and thread that can make it work. Christopher Robin, you ain't right for that. Now, you the only one with thumbs for all my Winnie the Pooh fans. You're the only one with thumbs. You could have sewed that tail back on for that man. You could have done that. You chose not to. Just like you chose to wear socks with those van type shoes. I'm looking at you sketchy. Back to the subject at hand, though. I was Eeyore. I was Eeyore. And the bad thing was, it felt so good to be outside with the sun on my face. And, you know, just outside. Literally, outside. It just felt good. And, you know, to talk with adults. But I just was in a funk. And Eeyore was just on me. And my best friend was like, you are so pitiful. You're just looking at your phone. Like, why would you come if you didn't want to have fun? I love you. I just want you to have fun. And like, you know, we talked it out. And my friend who's a therapist was the the intermediate like, look, this is her point. This is her point. And, you know, we hugged it out and everything else. But it was the under it. I was disappointed in the fact that I should have listened. I should have known my limits. I should have respected my boundaries. And I should have been real with myself and said, you know what, girl? It's not the time for me to, it's not my season (laughs) to be out and about. I apologize. I love you like, you know, I love you like a sister. You are my sister. I'm going to send you some money on your cash app. Boom. You know, but... I didn't. And because being a grown-up teenager, I was so enticed by being outside and being with friends and being away from the kiddos that my eyes were bigger than my stomach and I bit off way more than I I could chew. There you go. Cliche, cliche, cliche. Boom. But I'm serious. It it's important in my in my adulting steps it's important to recognize your boundaries and realize it is okay to say no it's okay to be firm in your no affirm your no say yes 
to your no. Can you do such and such? Yes, no, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. Are you sorry? Maybe. But you have to be right with it. You, At the end of the day, knowing your limits will allow you to be okay, mind, body, and soul. Like, total body check. And I think adulting or in my journey and my destination to adulting is to make sure that with every decision that I make down to what outfit I'm going to wear, what shoes I'm going to wear, am I going to wear mismatched socks because I am a sock mismatcher. That's my life. I try not to conform in the little ways. You know, I conform because, you know, I got to eat. I need a job. So that's conformity in a certain way. However, if I got to wear professional clothes, I'm going to still wear my sneakers. You may not see me in them, but I'm going to still have them on in my classroom. But I'm going to have them on. I'll change when I walk in the hallway, but I'm going to have them on. So again, I I conform to a certain extent, but I'm still a rebel in my own right. I am a Virgo, you know. <laughs> so being totally checked in and and tuned in with yourself and the decisions that you make and the boundaries that you put on yourself is not a bad thing. Boundaries are not bad. Now I know that making sure you're okay with doing certain things, making sure that you know your limits is essential. So in this lesson, what what the takeaway is from Millie Talks here is adulting is about self-control, but adulting is also about knowing how to understand yourself and be okay with, nah, I really can't do this. Nah, I'm at my limit. Nah, this is not a good look for me right now. And being okay with people taking that or receiving that however they receive it. Because if people are really riding for you, which I'm trying to fully understand, the people who say that they're riding for me, they're really riding. They're really there. They know me. They know the crazy that is Jane Millie. So if I say no, it's understood. It's, it's nothing personal. She understands and respects her own boundary. So I'm going to understand and respect her boundary. That's adulting at its finest. But these are my talks. Thank you again so much for coming through, tuning tuning your dial, and spending your time with me. Thanks for the talk. This is Millie Talks.